All right, guys, welcome back. I'm doing another podcast. This is Nancy Anderson. And today I have, by popular request, Kate Lemaire. 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 Which one is it? My second try. I always say Lemaire. That's wrong. Um, Okay, Kate Lemaire. And so Kate and I used to work for the same company, Barry's. I no longer work at Barry's. She still works at Barry's. She works corporate, and and then she also teaches there. So um, we are like friends via social media. And we're both moms, and we have similar um, audiences. So anyway, it was popular request that we did a podcast together. So this podcast is going to be all about mom life and also like working in the fitness industry and what kind of pressure or whatever that puts on you um, when you are having babies and pregnancies and all that. So I think first things first, welcome Kate to my very sophisticated podcast. Nice. So before that, what did you do? Just marketing, right? Or Yeah, so you also have a blog called The 4%, right? (laughs) Yeah, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it looks great. I mean, you definitely can tell looking at, for those of you that follow Kate on Instagram, and if you don't, you should, um, you're definitely very good at marketing, branding, um, like your stories are like always like really witty and short, but like funny and you just do a really good job. Like you really, you were like the example at Barry's. Everyone was like, you guys need to be like Kate. And we're like, yeah, we can't be like Kate though, because we're like trainers. And like, that's where it ends. Like we have no marketing experience. So, um, and you do like do such a great job. Like my husband and I talk about like, did you see Kate's story today? You know? So you do. It is. You're so funny. You say funny stuff. And I like, you know, try to like, you know, take that energy and like apply it myself. I mean, I don't do like nearly as good a job, but you're just like very witty. And it it's like it's refreshing to see, you know, so much on social media. I mean, I don't go on like Facebook or anything aside from coaching on Facebook because it's just think it's so negative. But on Instagram, you have like the ability to just like see pictures, which is I think is great. And then, you know, but other than that, it's like when we go to the stories, a lot of times it's people like advertising shit or um, they're kind of just like, I don't know, like touting their life. It's just kind of like blah. And then you get to your story and you're like, oh, this is like entertaining. It's it's like refreshing to see. So I'm actually trying to incorporate more of that into my own social media. But it's easier said than done because I feel like it's just your personality coming through when you do it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a grind. Like, it is such a grind on, you know, it's, it's, I feel like it's a grind for people to do it the right way. You know, I feel like there's, like, so many, like, I won't name drop, but there's so many people that have hundreds of thousands or millions of followers that literally bought millions of followers and then snowballed because people were like, oh, this person's so popular. I'm going to follow along. It's like, they're not popular. They bought all those followers and like you guys are buying into it, you know? So it's, it's really hard, I think, to do it the right way. But I also have learned in my, my time in social media that it really, truly, and you know this, is quality, not quantity. I mean, I, I remember like I had 10,000 followers and I was really good friends with this guy 
whose girlfriend had 200,000 followers. And she was also like a trainer, quote unquote. I mean, she didn't really have any real experience at all. She just was like one of those girls that looked like a trainer and got picked up by like a supplement company and was like paid $70,000 a year to basically post about them twice a week. And in return, they shouted her pretty much from like the rooftops and she built this huge following on Instagram, 200,000 followers. And back then I'm like, oh my God, I would kill for that. Like she must be like killing it, you know? And I remember I was running like a slim down challenge uh, at the beginning of the month. And my friend was, you know, like saying that his girlfriend who had 200,000 followers was like not that busy. And I was like, why don't you tell her to like post about her training programs or whatever? Like I, I had, I had 10,000 followers at the time and I posted about a slim down that I was doing coming up in a couple weeks and I had 250 people sign up. And that was just out of my 10,000 followers. And I'm thinking, God, if I had 200,000 followers, I would have 5,000 people signed up, you know? And he's like, no, dude, like she, she posts, she posts about it all the time and she'll maybe get two emails. And I'm like, what? Like my mind was like blown. I'm like, how is that possible? Like, I know they're not fake followers. I know they're real people. Like I know they hit the follow button, but it really just was like such a good lesson. And I've learned this lesson since like many, many, many times that it's truly quality and it's not quantity. Like you can, and I think people like us are very unassuming because of that, because, you know, we have a community, but it's not like, it's not millions. It's not hundreds of thousands, you know, it's, it's thousands, which is great. But for me, at least I know that like my people are like the right people that I want to be in front of. And therefore like they're the people that want to work with me and that I want to work with. Um, and it really is like quality over quantity times like a million. Have you found that same thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Yes.
Yeah, I love that. I think, um, yeah, this is, that has been a huge frustration for me for my entire career, to be honest with you, because I, you know, I went the extra mile. Like I didn't just get like a training certification and like hop in and start training at a gym. I like went and got my master's and I did like very extensive certifications. Like I, I, the hardest, the longest, the hardest, the most hours in a pre and postnatal certification, I went for that one. And then I went for another one. You know what I mean? Like I really wanted to dive in and, you know, I became a student of the research and I feel really confident in my ability, especially pre and postnatal. Like I, I would truly consider myself an expert and I would put my programs and knowledge and experience up against literally anyone in the field. Yet I have to share clients with the fitness model who over the weekend decided she's now a trainer and she had a baby and bounce back very quickly. So now all of a sudden she has a post pregnancy ab program. And I have to share my clients with a person like that who literally has no experience, no practical education, no true knowledge. And I don't even believe that they're the ones writing the program in the first place. And yet they have 500,000 followers. So now I get messages. Well, but about so-and-so's plan? I'm like, so-and-so's not a trainer, just so you know. Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure she has a certification, quote unquote, but like, show me the clients she's trained. Show me the practical experience. Show me the education. Show me the time in the field. And I think, I mean, I call it, and no offense to the Kardashians, because like, I actually have no issues with them at all, but I don't know. I need to, I guess, coin a better term, but I call it like the Kardashian effect. Like, I think people are so sick of that. Like, people are ready for experts. You know, like they want to go like I feel like people are ready for the research and the science and like the people that are truly experienced. Like I'm not a fitness model. I don't look like one. I don't act like one. I don't walk around in a bikini and do booty shots like I don't do any of that stuff. Like I realize that I am not, you know, a model or look like a model and I'm fine with that. But I tell you what I am. I'm a professional who's very educated in my niche and my programs work and they're backed by science. And I can assure you that the other, you know, other trainers in the field that have millions of followers and have got to have fitness apps and have this and have that. I'm like, okay, but like, look at their programming from a kinesiology standpoint. That makes no sense. Just because you finish a workout and you feel like you were ran into the ground and hit by a bus doesn't mean that was a good workout. And doesn't mean that has your best interest in mind for your goals and the phase of life that you're in, etc. So I think I'm with you. I think the influencer model, like I work with influencers as I've never, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not an influencer, but I've worked with influencers where, you know, I offer them like an affiliate program or payment to like do my plan. And then if they love it to share it with their followers and I'm with you, dude, like that is not, but for our like marketing budget for this year, influencers have taken like a huge like down shift for our our marketing spend because they are becoming so very inconsistent that it's not even worth it from a marketing spend standpoint for us. It's so inflated. It is so inflated and there's no there's no one managing that that how they're I mean literally like I worked with a bunch of agencies last year. I work with influencers one-on-one um through their agencies and it is the wild fucking west i am it is the most disorganized bullshit i've ever seen in my life i'm like 
okay, I'm interested because I will like, I'm all about quality over quantity. So it doesn't even really matter how many followers they have. I want to dive into their page and see what kind of relationship they have with their followers and, you know, what the kind of conversations are happening on their posts and all this stuff. And I'll bring those, the ones that I think look like they're good and like seem like they're interested in the things that I'm interested in. And I'm like, I want to talk to her about her doing my slim down or whatever. And I'm like, okay, she's $5,000. I'm like, okay, $5,000 for what though? Like, how did you arrive at that number? And they're like, that's just what she's charging now. I'm like, okay, well, like that's not how business works. So uh, let's go back to the drawing board here because in my calculations, like we have figured out this whole algorithm on our side where we have this master spreadsheet and we have like all the influencers we're interested in and the, the followers that they have. And then we break the, it down by like cost per follower. And it usually ends up to be around six, like, uh, I like 16 cents or something per follower or whatever. And that's like average going right. And average going rate. And then you'll have someone that comes in and they're like average 25 cents per follower. I'm like, where the fuck did you get that number from? You know, they, they have no rhyme or reason for these prices. They're literally pulling it out of thin air. Well, she thinks she deserves $8,000 a post. So that's what she's charging. And there is no negotiation. So we stopped using them. Because, okay, you're not going to negotiate. You're playing by your rules. The contract we have in place is only protecting your influencer. This is no incentive for the business. So, I mean, I know that we have felt this. I know, and I'm I'm good friends with a couple influencers on Instagram that we actually have, like, a real relationship with. And they are feeling it, too. Because the performance of them as a whole is just like down but yet their prices are going up you're like that's not how this works you know so it's just it's pretty fascinating for me like because I've seen both sides like I've I, I see their side for the ones that I have like personal relationships with and I see my side as the business and you're right like this is not sustainable but the thing is, is there needs to be marketing happening on social media, right? So, like, I'll tell you, my, my Facebook ads, my Instagram ads outperform influencers tenfold. And so, from my perspective, if I have a certain amount of money in social marketing, why would I waste it on an influencer when I can run my own ads? I can choose who they get, go to. I can choose what it says. I can choose – well, I mean – Unless I don't even get into like the, the ad rules because it's a mess. But like for the most part, like I can, you know, have way more control over the performance. I can tweak it. I can turn it off if it's not performing. I can, you know, do all these things. An influencer, you have no control. Like the good ones, you know, they're like, way, they get it. But the other ones, I mean, dude, they could give a fuck about whether you perform or not. They, could, they don't care about how your brand is, is looked at. They slap it up on their page and then they move on. And you know, that's the model's just not going to work anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think in the beginning of my career, I just kept thinking, like, I really wanted to go on pregnancy fitness. And I was like, this is like, I'm just so passionate about working with the moms and like helping them and like teaching them how to thrive. But it's just not a big enough market. Like I have to appeal to everyone. Like I need a plan that like men, women, young, old can do. And that was just so, so, so wrong about that. I mean, I think I think you actually do better when you pick your niche and then you own the niche. And like, if you're going to be the person that is healing women post pregnancy, you better fucking learn every in and out of it because you need to become that expert and you need to be the go-to person. Like, I don't want to be the trainer. like, Oh yeah, she's a good trainer. She does this. You know, she does like everyone's plans. Like she can do whatever. It's like, no, I want to be like the pregnancy trainer. Like she's who, if you're having a baby, you go to Nancy. That's period. And like, that's what I wanted. That's what I want to be. But that's what I realized that like I needed to own. And it's like, if people are following me, they're like, I'm so fucking sick of hearing her talk about pregnancy studies and this. And this. It's like, I agree. Like, I agree that you're, that some people don't want, that's not interested to you or you're not in that phase of life anymore. So like, maybe you're not going to follow along anymore. And I get that, but I'm not going to not own the piece of the, the industry that like I want to own and I believe is could be like you know life-changing to the industry like I feel like it could really kind of shift and that's like you know my long-term goal is to like really make a shift in the industry of like imparting the wisdom that like we need to know during these this phase of life you know pre-pregnancy to you know a couple years post-pregnancy to really make sure that we're not like breaking our bodies down and that we're supporting baby in the best way possible. So, I mean, I totally agree. I think that that's what I tell people all the time too, is like, don't try to appeal to everyone, like find your niche and become an expert. Yeah. Mm hmm.
Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, like, on the topic of pregnancy, like, since, you know, we are professionals, obviously, in the fitness world and we're trainers, um, a big question that we were getting was, like, you know, how did you feel pressure? Like, did you feel like it was going to ruin your body or, like, ruin your career? Like, if you get pregnant and then you can't or don't, like, bounce back and, like, did you feel were you nervous about that? And then like post-pregnancy, did you feel a lot of pressure to kind of get back like ASAP or else like your clients weren't going to respect you anymore or kind of what was your experience? What? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah.
Yeah. Yeah, totally. I agree. I think people ask me this question too a lot. And um, I think really early on in my career, people, you know, moms actually, which is like ironic because like why a mom would talk to another mom this way. But a lot of moms would be like, oh, girl, like, you know, your body's so like fit and like da da da. And you better enjoy that now because I'm telling you, like, after kids, like, everything goes south, like skin and whatever and whatever. And I just remember I always would think like, all right, like, let's, I'll, like, let's see about that kind of thing. And, but, you know, in the back of my head, I'm always questioning like, like, I don't know, like, I've never been through that before. So like, maybe it is. And then like, I got further along in my career and closer to like the time where like met my husband and I was doing a lot of research and a lot of learning about like nutrition. And I was really learning how to like, you know, utilize nutrition to like lean someone out. Um, and then I just became like more and more confident. So by the time I got pregnant with my first son, which was like five, a little over five years ago, I guess five and a half years ago, I uh, wasn't really worried like at all. I was like, I feel very confident that I'm going to have a healthy pregnancy and that I'm going to stay fit and I'm going to be able to bounce back from this. The, what did throw me was the C-section because I wasn't expecting that. So when that happened, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this is – that was something that I wasn't – I hadn't really done a lot of research from uh, about. Um, and it kind of threw me for a loop. But then, like, I just – again, I just got really educated. You know, I started really reading it. I found people um, that had been through childbirth and had a couple kids – that had, you know, quote unquote, like bounce back and were healthy and happy and stuff. And I just really like focused on like those people and like, okay, well, like I know it's possible because I've seen it before. I've had, I've taken my own clients through this and like I've seen them go through pregnancy and bounce back and like 
a lot of them look better after pregnancy than they did before pregnancy. Um, and then I just became like very confident. So for, for me, like I didn't, I never really worried about bouncing back. I always felt like I had the tools and the knowledge to bounce back. And I had, I had taken a lot of other moms through it before I went through it. So I was pretty confident I could do it. I did not, I also didn't really feel the pressure, I guess. Um, I don't know why either. I guess I just always thought like it's going to happen. And, you know, yeah, I never really felt that pressure, I don't think. Um, I think this time I, I, I hold on to weight while I breastfeed. It's just, you know, there's, I wrote an article about this once. If any of you guys want to Google it, you can read about it. But, you know, sometimes it's our body's way of protecting our milk supply. And, it, you know, your body will slow your own metabolism down. It's hormonal. It's, you know, you're eating more and all these things. So for me, I don't, if I want to keep my milk supply really plentiful, which I have really big babies, I tend to be really hungry. So like I need a lot of milk. I really do need to keep my macros pretty high. And therefore I have trouble leaning out until I'm totally done breastfeeding. I can get within like five to 10 pounds, but I really can't get much closer than that. And I just like embrace that like after a certain point. I'm just like, listen, I know I've been there before. Now I've been there twice now. Like I know that I'm going to lean out when I wean. And I'm not going to have to try very hard when that happens because my body's going to regulate on its own. And it happens every time. And I think that's something that's really not talked about enough either is that like women have this um, they hear about, you know, oh, you breastfeed, it's going to fall right off. And then women start breastfeeding, actually you gain five to 10 pounds. And then women are like panicking. They're like, something's wrong with my body. This is just never going to go back to normal. Like my metabolism must be ruined from the pregnancy. And I mean, I get messages like that all the time. And I just like send them to that article that I wrote. It's like, this is actually very, very, very common. Don't be alarmed. You just need to focus on good, healthy nutrition. Like, don't pack, you know, don't, obviously it's just like the same rules apply as anything else in nutrition is like eat real whole foods. Don't eat it, you know, all carbs, like have a really healthy balance of lean proteins and healthy fats. And that's all you should worry about when you're breastfeeding. Like, you know, for my, for my pregnancy and post-pregnancy nutrition programs, like I don't, like I make a point to tell them, like, I don't want you to be obsessed with portion sizes. Like if you are eating 2200 calories a day like that's okay for a lot of you um and in pregnancy obviously you eat more than that but like post-pregnancy women be like oh, i'm breastfeeding i need to support milk supply and like they're like are you sure I, could, I should be eating all this food i'm like yes i am sure like i am very sure what we're gonna do is just promote healthy hormones control your insulin and just give you real whole foods and like the rest will take care of itself in time. Like you have to understand you're also not sleeping right now. You're also very stressed right now. You're also fighting with your husband nonstop right now. Like there's all these other things going on that are contributing to this as well, you know, and then of course your milk supply. So I think, you know, putting the pressure on someone, whether you're feeling your own pressure on yourself or it's external pressure, you just need to like look at it for what it is. It's like, this is only a small sliver of time in your life, you know? Do the right things, eat healthy, practice a healthy lifestyle, and just let it work itself out. Like, it will work itself out. Yeah.
Right. Yeah. And that's like if you like people, you know, will be like training for a marathon. Like, I just really want to like lean out and get a six pack. I'm like, well, you're not that's not <laughs> that's not the best way to do that. If you're training for a marathon, we need to train for the marathon. Like and if you want to lean out afterwards and like really lower your body fat and look really lean and fit and toned. OK, then we can talk about that. But for now, like, what is your goal right now? Your goal is to what do a sub three hour and 45 minute marathon. OK, well, like, let's focus on performance, you know. Um, but I think, you know, part of that just comes with like, people just don't know, like people think it's easy to lower your body weight and build muscle at the same time. It's not easy. It's possible, but it's not easy. Typically you go in like growth phases and you put on fat so that you can more easily put on muscle. And then at, when you're going into your performance season or whatever, if you're competing, then you take off the fat and underneath you have another pound of muscle that you've been working on for that whole year or whatever. Like it doesn't. I, I think it really – I think for those people, from, like, my standpoint, it's like, dude, like, what are you talking about? But for them, I think it's almost like they just don't know any better maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that kind of like goes back to the conversation about just what people are seeing in society is like everything is like now, 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 now. And it's like, you know, oh, gosh, it's just so frustrating. I ha I'll have people do my slim down. And at the end of the month, you know, week three, they'll like post. I'm like, yeah, I'm just like super disappointed. Like, I've only lost nine pounds this month and, and I'm just like, 
what the fuck are you saying right now? Like, you've lost nine pounds in three weeks. I'm like, you know, average weight loss is a half a pound a week. That's average. That means that to get to that average, people are losing less than that. And that's considered good, healthy weight loss. Like, think about what you're saying. And I feel like that is such a lesson that I think people need to learn is like, People look at probably you and me and they're like, gosh, like I just, you know, she looks so so lean and toned and like she's such a fit mom. And it's like you guys realize that like that does not come for free. Like I'm not lucky. Uh, I don't have great genetics. Like sure, genetics play a role. And like I'm sure we all know someone that like looks amazing and eats like shit, but that doesn't necessarily mimic what's on the inside of their body. So don't get like too envious. But you know, it doesn't come for free. And like a lot, you know, in my like audio coaching and stuff, I say it all the time. I'm like, it doesn't come for free for me or anyone else. So you need to show up right now and work hard because this is what it feels like. This is how you get results. This is the sweet spot. And the same thing goes with really anything in life. I mean, talk about starting businesses, building social media platforms, like having a blog like having kids being a good parent nutrition goals like workouts like all of it it like takes work like it doesn't come for free and you do have to be consistent every day and it's it's such a good lesson for I think everyone to learn in every aspect of their life because I feel like they're always you know you go on social media and like everyone's guilty of this it's like you want to highlight the positives and like the good things and it's like but that's not actually reality and like sure she might post a picture of this like before and after it's like in 30 days she went from this to this holy shit like she looks amazing but like she put in a lot of work for that 30 days you know and or 60 days or six months or like whatever it is and it's like I just feel feel like people are they just want instant results and like we try to get you that you know like Kate and I both like we try to program and do nutrition and whatever to like get you to your goals as fast as possible but like With that comes dedication and hard work and like, yes, you have to meal prep and no, you can't eat out every single meal and no, you can't have processed foods and like all these things. It's like people just want to be like, take the easy way out, take this, I'm going to drink this celery juice every morning and I'm going to, you know, this is going to be a magical cure-all. There is no magic pill. The magic pill is your daily habits through and through, you know. Mm-hmm.
Yeah. And I think like, so for move your bump, I have all my workouts are 30 minutes. <clears throat> Plus you can do supplemental workouts, you know, an add on, um, supplemental circuit for like 15 minutes. You can do warm-ups for 15 minutes. So you really have the ability to go from 30 to 60 minutes, whatever you have time for. And, you know, the workouts include a minimum of band dumbbells and a bench. And a couple of the workouts have like pull-up bars, TRX and whatever. And some people will write me as like, you know, I just need something that like doesn't have any equipment and whatever. And my like response to that is like, but that program would not serve you and your goals. Like I can't give you a well-balanced program to to check off all these boxes that we want to check off to make sure that you're healing po- properly from pregnancy, you're training for pregnancy properly, or you're thriving in motherhood with just body weight. So like, I'm sorry, but no. Like you have to go out and buy the dumbbells and get something that you can use for a bench, bare minimum, so that you can have an effective program. You know, like I I'm I just – I'm all about the feel-good workouts. Like, if you just want to break a sweat, like, I do think that there is, like, mental benefits for that, right? Like, but I don't want to waste anyone's time. So I'm not going to waste your time giving you a body weight workout that I don't feel like is a balanced program. What I'm going to do is tell you to invest in a set of dumbbells and invest in a couple bands and use them in this way to make sure that we're doing a well-balanced program for your physique and you're getting the best results you can in that 30 minutes of time. And I feel like that's, like, another thing is, like, you know, like, he's, like, I just want to work out at home. And, like, I'm going to do this, like, dance routine for my cardio. I'm, like, okay. But, like, realize that, like, that's not going to heal your diastasis, just so you know. And (laughs) if anything, it might make it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you have to be pulling. I mean, that's the thing. Like, that's the reason why there's a pull-up bar. That's the reason why we're – well, that's a big reason why I'm using uh, TRX is, like, 
you can't have a balanced program if you're not doing one of the primal movements. There's six primal movements. You need to have every single one in a balanced program. And what am I going to have you do plank rows and bench rows only? Like, no, that's like not serving you, your body. And like the way, and like, that's a problem that I have with like a lot of the group fitness studios out there. And I'm like, where's your pooling? Like, where is that coming from? Aside from this one minute of plank rows that you're doing, right? Which, like, no one's even doing right. Are they even activating their lats? No, that person's not. No, that person's not because they don't know the proper way to do it anyway. So, you know, I just feel like if you're only having no equipment or just a set of dumbbells without, like, that T-Rex or without, like, that pull-up bar or without a band even because you could, you know, hook that up and do some pull-downs, like, you're not – it's not a balanced program, you know? So, like, that's – you know, my, my problem with like these things like Peloton, I mean, I don't want to get into the whole spin thing, like whatever, if it makes you feel good, that's fine. But, you know, and, and like the mirror, like, I don't really know that much about it, but what I've seen is body weight from what I I've seen. I don't know. Um, but you do need to like, think about this is like an investment and really it doesn't have to be a big investment, you know, like you just need a little bit of stuff. And if you, as long as you're going to use it, right, it's worth it in the long run, but like, I'm not, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm doing a program for you, that's like all body weight and it's a total body program. I'm really, I'm doing you a disservice. Like I'm not doing my job. So like, I feel, I got like some pushback on that. Like, well, can you just make stuff that's like no equipment or like just dumbbells? And I'm like, no, I can't like, I'm sorry, but like you need to invest in like some bands at least, you know? Um, And I feel like a big, like, misconception is, like, you're right. Like, moving your body at the end of the day is the answer. But if I'm going to pride myself on developing programs that are well-balanced and that are above the rest, like, it needs to be a balanced program. And, therefore, I'm sorry, I can't do a bodyweight program only, you know. judging them. Like setting up your hip thrust is always a cluster. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Totally. Speaking of like adapting, like how has, because this is another question we got, like how has it been adapting like in your side, your marriage, like relationship with having a child? And I think that's something that like I know has been like very, very, very hard on my marriage is both starting businesses, working together, starting businesses and having children that are young ages. I mean, I feel like it gets from our perspective, like it got way better when our when they hit like three, it gets like way better. Um, but those first couple years, you know, I think for a lot of people, I mean, definitely for me, uh, was very hard, like on the relationship. And we had to like adapt a lot, like every day, like you were saying, we have to really adapt and like start learning more about each other and how we work and how we parent and so like what has your experience or what is like your advice I guess for others who have young kids and now their relationship obviously like it always does changes Yeah. It's true, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point because I feel like we have such like as women and men, at least for in my own relationship, like we just have such a different way of communicating. And 
it's like we can have a conversation, my husband and I, and walk away from the conversation and literally hear two different things. So like it's it's annoying and it takes so much extra time, I feel like, but I have to like over communicate with him. Like, okay, so remember we talked about, we, so we just finished talking about this or like yesterday we talked about this. I just wanted to make sure we're on the same page. Like, so like this is what you mean, right? Or, you know, whatever, because I feel like I have a lot of times stepped away from a conversation, whether we're talking about business or our, our relationship or our goals, even like what we're doing in the future and our parenting or something. And I walk away from the, the conversation and then like it comes up later, a few days later or whatever. And I like mention something in passing and he's like, what are you talking about? We never said we we're going to do that. And I'm like, yes, we did. Like we literally talked about this three days ago. Like, this is what we decided. And he's like, is that what you heard? Because that is not what I meant, you know? And I feel like for me, that happens like all of the time with us where it's just we're not understanding each other. And I just, my husband and I are a lot alike in certain ways, but the way we, our energy is just very different. Like, I just, I want to talk about things like until I want to beat the dead horse like basically like I want to talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and then I talk about it some more and he doesn't like he is like very few words like he wants to say 10 words and then done move on with it and never talk about it again me I'm not like I'm like okay so are you sure because like you know and I want to keep revisiting he calls it like constant reassurance he's like holy shit you need like constant reassurance about this thing that's coming up or this whatever you know and I guess it's true. I guess I do, you know, but I just need to, I think I needed to really own that. Like, you know, and it came to a certain point where I'm like, yes, I do. I need constant reassurance that like, this is still our path or that this is still how you feel and not feel about me necessarily, but feel about whatever, whatever the topic is. Um, and so for us, I mean, I definitely agree. It's such like a cheesy answer. I feel like is like, make sure you communicate, but like, no, like really make sure you communicate like every day. It's like, if you have a like, daily recap or something like after the kids go to bed and it's like, for us, it's like the only time that we really get together is like the 20 minutes after they go to bed before I go to bed. So we'll like sit down and like, just try for t- like 10, 15, 20 minutes to like recap and just connect again, because that's what I feel like is a slippery slope is when you start um, operating like parallel to each other. Like you're playing parallel to each other, but you're not playing with each other. And I feel like that's like a really dangerous slope. And sure, that can go on for a few months, you know, and like you can get away with it because you have a newborn or whatever, whatever. But like you have to, I think, be like aware, like, okay, like I know that we're like playing parallel together right now. Like that's like the best way that I know to, I don't, know a better way to describe it but it's like it's like you're almost like living like roommates for example it's like you're kind of just going about your own thing and like crossing paths when you have to and like that's not like a recipe for like a healthy marriage long term sometimes that's like how we survive certain phases I feel like like for me like that's how I survive the newborn phase is like passing the baby off this is your shift this is my shift like okay cool high five good job like and then moving on but then like once that phase kind of you get out of that phase I feel like really you have to work on like the reconnection because I feel like so many marriages and like my therapist has said that same thing is like so many marriages end up going sideways and south when like after the kids come the reconnection never happens
Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I think that's like so important to realize is that like you're on the same team and that's something that Max and I have had to work on a lot and I think like I always say like you know you just need to make sure that your side of the street is like cleaned up. Like if you, you need to own, I'm not saying like you, I'm saying like anyone, like me, for example, like I need to own like what I'm contributing to the problems in my relationship. And, you know, control was a big thing for me too, especially with the business. Like when, so Max was in commercial real estate and then this past year he quit and came to work for me. And we essentially, decided to run these businesses together and that like we couldn't be more on the same team like literally like in personally professionally like we're literally on the same team so it was really 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 hard for me to like give up control of certain areas of the business when I feel like this is my baby like this is what I've been working for 15 years to get to like where I am right now <laughs> like it means so much to me on like a personal level that has nothing to do with business like this is very personal for me and in, in unfortunate for me that's like how I feel like for like founders or whatever like that's kind of like the problem they run into is they're so emotionally attached to their business right but like the people that are working for them and like my husband he's not like this is business and he acts like it's business you know so I really needed to again like own what you know give up some control or be drug along I felt like and own what what I was contributing to the problems in our relationship was my own insecurities about um, whatever, like with the business and personal and stop being so like kind of on top of him for like not being who I want him to be maybe in a household. Like he's just so, so dirty and messy. And it's just like at certain points, it's like, fuck it. I'm just going to not bitch about it anymore because like it's never going to change. Like let me give him his areas that he can be messy in and I'm just going to have to deal with it, you know, and like because that stuff will like really drive you crazy. And then they get so annoyed if you're like kind of bitching all the time so you know you just have to kind of own what you're contributing like and and find some sort of like balance and sacrifice like okay like I'm not going to get everything that I want so like I'm willing to sacrifice like this like fine be messy come home and dump your shit everywhere and I won't say anything every night you know like, fine but like I'm not gonna give up on this and like you need to meet me in the middle here because it really bothers me when you do whatever and it's like I feel like you know when people talk about relationships or marriage it's like when you mentioned being se seasonal it really is so seasonal and I think that people think that and I mean I know that I have too like in my relationship was like we're in a bad spot and it's like you're like oh my god we're in this bad spot like this is it like this thing didn't work out or something you know like and really when you stick a step back and look at this as like you know a five decade adventure like 
it's not going to be all highs. There's going to be highs and lows and the average should be good, you know. And I think if you look at a relationship as seasonal like that, it's like, okay, then it's a lot easier to accept that there's some seasons that like aren't as bright and sunny and that's okay. Like there's no relationship ever that's like perfect. And I mean, having young kids, I feel like is the most trying thing for a relationship. You know, I look at like marriage, like Max and I have like a couple people that we know that don't had never had kids you know they're like dual income no kids like sure you're living the fucking dream like you know I feel like it's so much easier to like you know make things work or whatever when there's no kids in the picture because kids just like add this whole extra layer to it and uh, it's just it is so hard and I think I just want people to know that like everyone is struggling and like the best you can do is like continuously like work on thriving like personally and work on like understanding um and communicating with your partner like as much as possible because that's the only way that you're going to learn and grow because I know from like our experience like I feel like I didn't even know my husband before we got married and I mean in the grand scheme of our whole relationship which has been seven or eight years you know the amount of time I knew before we got married was like two and a half years or something and like between marriage and like now after two kids my youngest is a little over a year old like oh my god like I know him so much deeper than I like ever had and it actually gets like fun because you start really knowing what makes them tick and like how to like how they want to be loved. And like, that's, I feel like a whole nother thing is like, you really have to love someone how they want to be loved, not how you want to be loved. And you only know how someone wants to be loved and they only know how you want to be loved. If you're like, you know, communicating that. And I just feel like it takes years and decades to refine. I remember I was listening to Kelly Ripa. She had, I like kind of love Kelly Ripa in a way. Cause I feel like she's such a boss and like, she's just takes care of her body and she I just thinks she's like awesome and she was saying like just joking kind of but partially serious on a podcast one time that you know how it has our marriage like lasted this long they've been married for like 20 some years I think and you know something about like would it ever you know would you because like all the divorces I guess in Hollywood or something and she was like are you kidding me it took me 20 years to groom him to where he is I'm not getting rid of him now you know and I think that was like so true I mean it really does it takes years and decades to for you to be groomed as like a perfect spouse to your spouse and for them to be groomed as a perfect spouse to you and you know, it's all like a ride. You just have to kind of take it for what it is and keep the big picture in mind, which is at the end of the day, I'd rather see my husband's messy shit on the floor and bigger with him over whatever than be with anyone else. You know, at the end of the day, like there's more love than frustration or misunderstanding. And like, I think if that's the case, then you just have to keep working at it and refining it.
connect. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, life these days, especially, is, like, way too hard to go through without, like, great relationships and great people around you. And I think our spouse is, like, number one on the list. Yes, totally. Oh, my gosh, a thousand percent. Um, amazing. So where can people find you and what do you offer online, if anything? And um, where can they find you in person to train with you if they wanted to? Yeah. Hundred percent. Yes, and she's very amusing, so follow her on Instagram for sure. Um, cool. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll have to do this again. If people really like it, maybe we can think of different topics and we'll talk about something new next time. Of course.